Welcome to Beyond Dieting. We're two friends on a mission to disrupt the insanity of diet culture and replace it with something positive, life-affirming, and effective. We are talking to you if you, like us, have felt like a poster child for diet failure, or that diets work for other people, just not you, or like you just can't stick to anything, or this would work if only you were disciplined enough, blah, blah, blah. If that's you, then we are here to tell you that the problem is not you. The problem is dieting. As life coaches, empty nesters, busy entrepreneurs, and menopausal women, we don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to health and wellness, but we do know what has worked for us and other women in our programs. What's abundantly clear to us is that there is no silver bullet diet or exercise regimen, period, full stop, and we've tried a lot of them. Stick with us as we explore a variety of doable and motivational ways you can free yourself from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting. It is possible to live a healthier, saner, and more fulfilling life you enjoy. Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. In this episode of Beyond Dieting, we talk about the number one tool for weight loss, which is your thoughts. That's right. What prevents weight loss is often the way you are thinking, which may be a lot to wrap your mind around. Yeah, it can be really mind bending, a little pun in there, to think that your thoughts are your number one tool. But stick with us throughout this podcast because by the end, you're going to be a believer and you're going to think this is great. This is just the tool because you have access to it all the time. And you have control over your thoughts, which you may not know that you have. We have to talk about that. Yeah. And there are plenty of studies that actually show that your negative thoughts about your weight and your body and yourself directly cause your weight gain. That's, that's powerful, right, Lee? That is some powerful stuff. I mean, it it blew my mind that there were actually studies, like not just one, not just two, multiple studies that show if you think negatively about yourself and your weight and your likelihood of losing weight, just like all the thoughts people have about their weight and their ability to follow a diet, that that is more likely to cause you to continue to gain weight, which is staggering to me. Yeah. So let's dive into, this is really coaching one-on-one and this is Lee's expertise. So we're going to get a lot of valuable information on here around the idea that your thoughts create your feelings, your moods, your actions, and ultimately the outcomes in your life, which means the life that you're living right now is driven from the thoughts that you are having right now. Again, mind-bending, mind-blowing that just the thought that you choose, and often we're not directly choosing our thoughts, but the thoughts you're having, which you can choose, are creating the life you actually have right now. So if you're not fully enjoying your life right now, the good news is you can change that just by starting to change your thinking. And then the horrifying part of this is realizing, oh, I've created everything I'm living right now, (laughs) which is hard for people to buy into sometimes at first. 
Yeah. But I mean, it's then the, the inverse is true, right? If you've created the life you're living in by your thoughts, you can. Yeah. Create. Totally recreate. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. That's why it's such a powerful tool when you realize, oh, I have so much agency over my own outcomes, over the, the way I actually live. And you can sometimes start proving this to yourself very quickly. It's amazing how quick the change can start to happen in your life when you learn how to change your thinking. In the, 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 and there's a, there are methods that work with changing your thinking and methods that don't work. So we're going to talk about the methods that tend to work best. Um, wait, can I just okay. insert a little PSA here? Yeah. Um, one of the things for me that I found is when I learn something new, and this is powerful, so um, I want to include it. I start to get really angry and beat myself up for not knowing it sooner. And, you know, that, oh my gosh, if I've created the life that I'm living with my thoughts and I don't like my life, here's another thing that I'm doing wrong and another reason to beat myself up. So, and, and I do this, not just with this, but across the board when I learn things. So I just want to say like, this is great information and now you'll know it. And now you can move forward with this information. I, I just want to throw that in there. That is such an important point. Cause I do the same thing. It's like, oh, great. I'm so bad. <laughs> you know, great. Not only am I bad at losing weight, but I'm bad at thinking. <laughs> I, and, and then you start thinking of like all the time you've wasted and how it could have been different. Don't go down that path. You're just beating yourself up even more, which proves as well as proven to have negative outcomes for you if you keep going down that path. But because it's a well-carved groove in your neural pathways to start beating yourself up, just watch that tendency because Mimi is right. That's really natural for me too. And now I know to kind of watch for it. Exactly. And so, you know, in our coaching programs, you know, I'm a master certified coach. And so I've learned certain methods that are really tried and true. And I feel, I feel like I've been paying attention and learning from, you know, like the best of the best. So um, just some books that I've read, that if you, you want to read, um, you know, books we're paying attention to, um, anything by Byron Katie, but her classic kind of seminal book was Loving What Is. And then also um, paying a lot of attention to Jill Bolte-Taylor's work and um, her book, Whole Brain Living. It, we use these methods a lot and we'll talk more about that. But um, going just back to Byron Katie, uh, she came out with this stuff that we kind of call thought work. Just generally speaking, if you're talking to coaches who've been trained in thought work, this is you know the general term for it. And so... That's what we use to um, manage our own, you know, kind of detoxify our thinking around ourselves and our weight and our bodies, uh, and then build like healthy neural pathways so that we're thinking in a healthier way so that we'll get healthier outcomes. Yeah. So what we have done um, in all of our programs and in our book is take all of this excellent work and um, deep dive that Lee has done into thought work. And really, how can we apply that to the life of someone who's battling with themselves over their weight? You know, perhaps it's you, perhaps you're caught in a decades long yo-yo diet cycle where you're like gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, and you never feel satisfied and you never like exactly where you are right now. Exactly. And I just want to clarify, some people 
are obsessing and not satisfied with the fact that they have this extra five pounds. Uh, a friend of my mom's has this extra eight pounds that's driving her literally insane. <laughs> so, you know, it, and I, I laugh with, I laugh with, cause we've all been there. We're, we're all still working with this, but um, so you don't, it's not like it has to be a lot of weight that you're gaining and losing. It might be, it might be a hundred pounds. It might be eight pounds. Um, women in general get trapped in this cycle due to something we call diet culture. Our, um, we have a podcast on that. If you want to go listen, that really talks through, uh, the diet industry and diet culture, we won't go into it here. Um, but without understanding your thoughts and how they impact your world, this state of satisfied contentment, which we all kind of yearn for on a deep level will be hard to obtain. Yeah. And, and your weight and what you want your body to look like is really individual. Like, I loved how you were talking about that late, you know, it might be, I want to lose five pounds. It might be, I'm the perfect weight. I want to tone up, you know, yeah. it might be, I want to be content where I am now. Like your state of satisfied contentment is yours. But like we said, it's going to be really hard to obtain without understanding your thoughts. Staying in your current thoughts will keep you right where you are. Mm, right. And right. if you're not totally content and you're feeling yeah. some suffering in your current state, whatever it is, you know, whatever that suffering is for you, if you don't change your thoughts, there's, it's really super difficult to be anything but dissatisfied and, you know, unhappy with something about your body. It could just be aging. Like you're okay with your weight maybe, but aging has suddenly changed your whole relationship to yourself. Yes. <laughs> I want to say I can relate to aging. Yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Like we talk about, you know, like weight and body image and body size a lot, but it, it also applies to fitness. Um, and saggy skin <laughs> and, and saggy skin. And without really understanding your thoughts, you know, you stay there. So let's talk about this in some real life examples, Lee. Like how might this show up in someone's life? This idea of my thoughts are creating my. Yeah. My so one, so I'm just going to kind of paint a story picture, you know, so you kind of see the domino effect and how one thing impacts the next and the next and the next. So, and, and you've had days like this that you might be able to remember and identify. So, you know, there's the classic moment you get out of bed and maybe your habit is to stand on your bathroom scale just to check in. And maybe in that moment, you see a number on the scale that you don't love. You, you wished it to be different. And maybe it went up, maybe it's the same. And you've been feel like you've been trying really hard and your weight's just not budging. I can totally relate to that. Um, but, and then what happens is this cascade, the tsunami sometimes of thoughts and feelings and reactions to a number, which is only data. It doesn't need to be a tsunami of thoughts and feelings and emotions, but often for women, this is what happens. You stand there, you don't see the number you like. And what is happening is that you're not just reaching or I'm sorry, reacting to the number, you're making that number mean a whole bunch of other bad stuff about yourself, your body, your abilities to reach goals. 
For example, like some things I hear from women all the time, or, you know, when we go through this thought work is they'll start saying to themselves things like, I'm lazy. I can't stick to anything. I never seem to win, you know, the, that fun line of thinking. Um, yeah. It's an endless, it's endless you know, standing on a scale. Yeah. Reacting to that number. I, I lovely how you called it a tsunami. And yeah, it feels like thought, that. the thought cycle that you spin from there. Yeah. And, and it, that's where the suffering that having thoughts like that hurts. It does not feel good. So if you start feeling bad after you get on the scale is because you have this cascade of sometimes hard to see thoughts. If you're not trained, if you haven't been trained to look for your thoughts, you don't always, they're like this noise that's there, but you're not fully aware that they're there. But when you start feeling bad from that number on the scale, that's what's happening. So let's pretend that happens. You get on the scale, you get the tsunami of bad thoughts, feelings, reactions, and your body just, you just feel, Ugh. And then later that same day, during your work day, you happen to be having lunch with a group of dear friends who all seem to look like Barbie with no effort, you know, or maybe they don't look like Barbie, but somehow you feel like you're the odd one out always battling your weight or something, or you're the oldest or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I, I, I like that because, you know, I go to lunch. I don't have a whole group of women that look like Barbie that we're all sitting around the table, you know, we're middle-aged women, but there are, there are slim and beautiful women, you know, in this group for sure. But there are women that I know um, are just super content with their body, whatever their weight is, they dress the body that they have, the, they love the body that they have. And I, I'm just very um, intrigued and a little bit envious of how they got to you know, this like total self-acceptance of how they look right. I just admire that so much. And that satisfaction and contentment that they seem to exude. So yeah, you're, I mean, I don't actually have a bunch of friends who look like Barbie, but you know, sometimes that's the exaggerated feeling you have like, oh, they have it so easy or they just naturally are there. They're just naturally athletic or whatever the crap is that we say in our heads that hurts, you know, those thoughts that hurt. So if you go, you get on the scale, you have this cascade of thoughts, emotions, reactions, then you go to lunch in that mood with that kind of clouding your vision for the day. And then all your friends just seem to look more gorgeous than ever. And you're acutely aware of that number. It's staying with you. Um, then maybe you just don't have the same fun time with your friends. And maybe it even starts to cement in the negative feelings and thoughts that you're having about yourself. And let's say after lunch, you had scheduled, you pre-scheduled an appointment to go meet with your boss and discuss getting a raise, you know? And so then after lunch, after the number on the scale, you're in this crappy mood, uh, you go in to talk to this boss whom you adore, you know? So let's keep in mind, you adore this boss. Um, okay. let's rewind the morning. Okay, go ahead. So here, you, we just walked through what happens when you step on that scale and you're thinking, I'm lazy. I never seem to win. I can't stick to anything. Mm -hmm. so in that moment, like, how does, how does that play out? So you just laid out the scenarios. We're having lunch with our friends. We're going to our boss mm -hmm. uh, with this like negative feeling that we walked away with lunch with. So then what? Like, what are, what are the impacts of starting the day with this negative feeling on the scale? Right. So you're already 
having like this cascade, the tsunami of bad thoughts that, you know, you're thinking about yourself. So that's the way you're starting your day and nothing yet has pulled you out of that. Even lunch with your friends, because you go in and through the lens of that number on the scale, you're interpreting how they are, how you are in that moment. And then that same lens is there. So you, you leave lunch, you, you go into your boss's office, you're looking through the same lens at your boss across the desk. And in that moment, instead of feeling super positive and upbeat and like, this is going to go well, you walk in feeling like you're lazy and you can't do anything right. And it's all related to a number on the scale. It has nothing to do with your job, but those emotions and thoughts are in there and you haven't wiped them out or worked with them in any way to loosen their grip on you. And then in, from, from that place, you're expected to go in and be super confident, um, empowered to ask for more money. And you, you don't yet know how it's going to go. So that that meeting with your boss may not have the outcome that you really want because you're going looking through that lens of that number on the scale, which sounds crazy, but we do it all the time. Yeah. So let's rewind it one more time. Okay. Now let's think about what your afternoon would have looked like if you didn't have that tsunami of negative thoughts about your body in that moment on the scale. Right. So Right now, we're just kind of waving a wand, like magically, you don't have that thought. What could it then be like for you on that particular day? Well, you know, you're going to lunch with your friends and you're not, you don't have that same lens of I'm lazy. Nothing ever works for me. You just don't have it. It's not there. So that particular lens is just missing. Maybe you have other thoughts, you know, you still have thoughts, but it's not those thoughts you've chosen. And maybe you started to have those thoughts, but you, you know, our method for, you know, detoxifying your brain from those thoughts. And you have a lovely time with these people who really love and care about you, you know, and then you, you have this beautiful uplifting experience and then you go back to your office you, you adore your boss, as we've said, and you sit down beaming, you know, you've had this wonderful day, you know, no negative lens about yourself and your abilities. And in that moment, your energy asking for that raise, you feel like you deserve it. You feel fully confident. You feel content and satisfied in your own skin because you don't have all these other thoughts about how your skin sucks and, you know, your body's off, you know, you know, it looks a certain way. So, um, you know, it can go very differently, but depending on the thoughts that you're having early in the day. Yeah, it, that's really powerful, right? Like just from that moment of standing on the scale and what you thought and your reaction was to that number, like those are two really diverse, you know, outcomes. One, you go into your boss, grumpy, having a hard time feeling bad about yourself, it's hard to say, hey, I'm amazing. Give me a great raise. Like even, even if you lost, you love her and she's amazing. As opposed to not having that negative thought, going to lunch with your friends, coming out of that, just like flying high from this great yeah. time that you've had, you know, with your girlfriends. And then you go into your boss and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, great. Like you come in from a place of like really confidence, feeling good, you know, bubbling over with all of those great 
feelings. Can you imagine how the outcome of that meeting might go? It's like Right. And, and it ripples out from there. It's not just that day feeling good because when you create a life based on working with your thoughts, where you have this more positive outcome, because you know how to detoxify those original thoughts that may still come at you. You just learn how to detoxify, but your friends remember from that lunch, how wonderful it is to be around you because you're, you're flying high at lunch. You're so happy to see your friends. You're fun to be with. And then maybe everybody declares like, this was so great. Let's do this every week. And and then you really engage with your social group more because everybody's having so much fun and you're not, you know, Debbie Downer <laughs> sitting over there being silent and broody. And so then you, your social life is improved. And then your connection with your boss has improved even more because they hear you, they love your energy, and then you actually get more money than you even thought you'd get, or or you get the money you asked for. And that changes your life too, because then you can go on a vacation, you can pay for certain things, you have more sec- financial security. And so th- it all starts with those thoughts. And it's kind of, it is shocking to think, just my negative thoughts about myself that moment on the scale that morning could influence all that because that could be a very different outcome if you're walking around just like feeling super awkward and self-conscious about your body and then that makes you behave a certain way that those same fun outcomes may not occur and then you're living a life you created from the thought that you had in reaction to the number on the scale. Yeah. So it's back to that mind bendy thing that we were talking about at the beginning, this idea that your thoughts are creating your life. And I don't know about you listeners out there, but just listening to Lee replay, like all, all of the things that happen and can happen in your life. I'm just like, yeah, let's go. It just like, you can just hearing that, you know, is uplifting and motivating and can make you feel better. And that's just her implanting her thoughts in my brain and starting my Because all of a sudden I'm thinking, yeah, what would I be doing if I had a great lunch with my girlfriends or if I had a great meeting with my boss and I don't even have a boss, but I'm just like, (laughs) what's going to happen in my life? And it's this idea that like coming into it with that energy, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just really beautiful. And I think that's why this is the, the number one thing, right? It is. And remember, there's studies that show this. It's not just conjecture. And we're laying out a very re- realistic way that days actually go. And um, and there are different outcomes based on how you're working with your thoughts. And, you know, I know Mimi and I have had this occur to us before. And a lot of our students ask this question, like, can I actually erase all my negative things? I don't think I can do that. And it feels and in that moment that they're feeling like I can't erase all my thoughts like that. It's sort of, um, first of all, saying they're not going to try, <laughs> but also, um, it's a good thing to bring up and talk through and we're happy they bring it up because then we can talk about the fact that your thoughts, those negative thoughts, cause you've been trained so well to think them throughout your life they'll still show up. They'll be in your peripheral vision, or they may show up one day kind of hard and hard edged and in your face. Uh, but the trick is to start to notice, notice that these negative thoughts are showing up. And then you don't have to invite them into your day. You can learn how to kind of detoxify the thoughts and release it. And, and, 
actually they're the people who really work deep into thought work say that the thought actually releases you. You don't release the thought. That's a little esoteric, but when you learn to detoxify how to redirect in a way that actually works, because again, not all thought work is equal, <laughs> not all methods are equal, but when you learn to do it in a way that actually works for your situation, um, it, it really does redirect everything, everything. So like, let's just break down what you were talking about into a real concrete, like going back to our scale, like detoxifying okay. yeah. your thoughts. It's like, yeah, that's what I want. And at the same time, I'm not exactly sure what that means. So yeah. if you go back to that moment of standing on the scale. And I was like, to Lee, like my thought is going to be there. One, I'm going to see the number. <laughs> right. So I, I've got, I can't like that number's not there because I actually went to seek that number. Right. So right. Right. some thought is going to pop into my mind. So talk about like detoxifying is whatever that number is. If it's not a number I don't like detoxifying would look like what? Yeah. So, you know, we have a whole method that's like very detailed, which we can't fully like do here because it, it really does help to get coaching on this kind of thing so that you can build your muscles on it and get stronger and stronger at it. But it would look something like um, standing on your scale and you see the number and you, you remind yourself, this is data that's helping me understand what's happening. So that's one way of, um, so that's a quick just trying to distance yourself and not have this huge emotional reaction. So just, this is data. Look at the data that I have. This is a fact, a number. Um, but then what I, what I don't have to grab hold of are all the opinions that I might start to see in my peripheral vision. Like I'll never be skinny again. I'll never lose this weight. I'll, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know I'll never, nothing works. Um, all those thoughts might show up and they're likely to for the rest of your life. But and, but the good news is you can start to notice that that is what's happening. You see a number. It's a factual exchange between your eyeballs and the number and you standing on the scale. So it's data. And then you start to separate out all the tsunami of thoughts and you can see, you can still keep them in your peripheral vision and not invite them in. And the way you would do that through thought work is a very quickie version of it would look like, um, oh, that thought, um, I can never lose weight or my body is broken or I hate my body. I, you know, my body is mean to me, <laughs> you know, my body is not doing what I want it to do. And I'm frustrated with my body. You start to treat your body like it's this other thing. And you're here, you are innocently over here, not associated with this body that's being mean to you. And um, you can, in that moment, start to think about, you know, your body differently. Like, is it true that your body won't lose weight? Is it true that your body is mean to you? Is it true that your body just never does what it's supposed, you know, is it true that you're lazy? You know, is that absolutely true? So you can go through a series of question asking to, to see where maybe I'm lazy is not accurate. You know, something like I'm lazy is just a mean thing you're saying to yourself, but is it accurate? Cause I'm willing to bet like everyone listening to this is getting up and getting shit done in their day. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're doing a lot. So you're not, is, are you lazy? Probably not. That's probably not accurate. It's just a mean thing you say to yourself. And then you, you further like through the method that we use, you further kind of disentangle from that toxic thought and then start to 
feel into what could I replace that with that also feels accurate, but doesn't cause suffering. I'm not miserable the rest of the day. That is entirely possible. <laughs> it's something we do all the time. You know, it's daily work because those thoughts still show up. Those thoughts, unfortunately, they're just, or fortunately, they're like our teachers. They're teaching us how to find contentment by working with them, seeing that they cause suffering, these thoughts, and we can choose something else. So they're like teachers showing up if you know how to work with it, right? And then the suffering is less. Yeah, I think there's so many great points in there. One of them I just want to lift out that was really helpful for me when I started is when you said the new thought has to be accurate. Yes. You know, so it's like, you're not going to jump from, you know, like I can, I, I'm never going to be able to figure this out to like, I'm amazing. I know exactly what to do today. You know, right. that's like a, yeah. there's a road that you travel to get to that place. And I think just being neutral about it, yeah, you know, is like, that's a good goal to start with before you then can start, you know, with being really positive and like, what's the next step? Um, I want to say like, it takes practice. Yes. You know, like if, if all it took was like, oh, you know what I think when I'm, what I'm going to think when I step on a scale is, and you're, you know, at the total other end of the spectrum, like that's really a hard place to get to. But if every day you get on the scale and you try to look at it with data and maybe you're not a scale person. I mean, I do. I step this on is an example yeah. every day. That's just an example. It's like whatever your um, suffering thought is you know, like take it from there, but the concept is the same and it, it takes practice. It takes awareness that you're having a thought and, um, this understanding that the re results and the outcomes from that thought, I, I don't want those anymore. So I'm willing to do what it takes to change, to right. make my day play out different, to make my conversation with my boss at the end of the day, be one from a place of positivity than one from a place of like, I've just beat myself up after what should have been a lovely lunch with my friends. Yeah. And it could just as easily just to like throw in a couple easy examples that people might relate to. Like it could just, and I relate to this one. Um, it could just as easily be you get out of bed and you don't do the morning body movement that you had planned or wanted to do originally, like say you were going to run two miles and you get out of bed and you're like, I don't feel like running two miles. So that's a decision. And you can have a whole domino cascade of thoughts after the decision not to go running that morning. It could look like I'm lazy. I, I never, I always, you know, bail on my commitments or whatever the negative train of thought could be that would ruin your day and make you feel bad about yourself and cause suffering. You could also wake up, just think a real thought, like, I don't feel like running today. I just don't feel it. And that could be it. And then if you feel like, um, you know, sometimes what I do is like, what do I feel like doing? when would it feel better if I think about my day? And sometimes, even though I didn't do the early morning thing, I can decide to go later in the evening or something, but I don't even have to do that. You can just say today, I just, I'm not feeling it. I don't feel like exercising and that's okay. That doesn't mean I won't do it tomorrow or the next day or the next day. I just, I'm not feeling it. And I'm going to be kind to myself and not beat myself up for this. Yeah. And I just think, um, tell me if I'm right, but this idea of detoxifying your thoughts, it just leaves the opportunity 
that's something. So for that example, you know, what came to my mind was, um, I just don't feel like running this morning. Yeah. It's that simple. Right. What that does is leave up the possibility of one doing something else maybe doing it later in the day as opposed to if you thought like I'm so lazy I never do what I'm supposed to do that like that doesn't leave the door open for for any other outcomes but negative right it doesn't there's no possibility available from that place right and remember the studies remember that this is this has been proven to be true a lot of people think we've encountered this in coaching and i think we discovered we have some of this ourselves a lot of people think the opposite they think i have to be hard on myself or i'll never succeed at these goals like i have to be i have to chastise myself and punish myself and make myself feel very uncomfortable and put myself in a state of suffering or I'll never reach those goals. It's actually the opposite. If you look at the studies, it's the exact opposite, but a, a lot of people hang on to it. Like if I didn't put this pressure on myself, if I didn't like get like army sergeant, you know, serious with myself, I would never do it. But what the studies show is it's the exact opposite. The kinder you are, uh, the more compassionate you are with yourself. Like maybe you just, maybe you're coming down with something you really shouldn't be running and you just didn't, you're not aware of it yet that you're coming down with something. There could be a million reasons or you're just tired and your body doesn't need that right now. And just learning to detoxify some of those mean girl thoughts that come in can make all the difference in your day and your life. You've become more satisfied and contented just by doing these shifts, these quick shifts. I love it. Um, and again, it's why this is the key. Like it all starts with a thought, your thoughts and, um, your awareness of them. And so when you can learn to identify that your thought, the thoughts that are creating suffering, you can do the work to change that thought. If it's a good thought, keep it right. (laughs) Yay. Let's do it. You know, let's hold on to that one. And for me, like, this is really good news. Like I just yeah. have this idea that I'm in control, right? I can learn how to change and be in charge of how I feel. Right. And in our, in our experience with the students who are in our programs where we're teaching this tool at first, and I was this way too, when I was first learning it, I think Mimi was too. Um, it's like, I just don't get this. This is hard. I get frustrated with this. I don't think I need to do this. And, but it's those students and, and kind of like me as a student too, I'm now a, a huge de- devotee to this method because it really does work, especially when you practice it over time. And especially when you have seasoned coaches walking you through it so that you can learn it. The students who had some of the highest resistance to this tool in our programs are the biggest fans of this tool today. So you know, you, you may start out a little wonky on this, like, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And it may feel hard because it, it sure was that way for me, but now I, I, there's enormous power in this for you. Yeah. All, yeah. And I, I know for me, because it's work, right. It's a lot easier just to have a thought and move on, be stuck with the negativity, than have to stop think about what it is, how, and again, practice makes this process faster. Um, having a framework to walk through or a method is really helpful because if your thoughts are ultimately creating the life that you're living, learning to change your thoughts will ultimately change your life. 
So yes, it's practice. Yes, it's work. Yes, it can be and feel really hard because you are pushing yourself to face these thoughts. Yes. And not to be like, "Mm, I just assume not run today. (laughs) And let it leave. (laughs) That can be easier than trying to, you know, do the work to uncover a better thought or a different thought or why am I having this thought? Yeah, I think at first for all of us, when we try this work is there is a sting in actually taking off the blinders and looking at your thoughts. There is this initial sting, even like what Mimi referenced earlier, which is (laughs) the the tendency to be like, I'm so messed up. I should have done this 20 years earlier. Now I'm screwed because I'm, you know, in my fifties and old dogs can't learn new tricks or whatever. Um, You know, there can be that, uh, natural, very human reaction to starting to do work like this is to realize that you have a lot of resistance and just beginning the work has a little sting to it. But as you work through it and stay, you know, committed over time uh, to bringing this practice in as often as you remember to do it, doesn't have to be every day, doesn't have to be all day long, um, that the sting is less and less and less. And you, you learn not to beat up on yourself. And then comes the more, more contentment, more feeling comfortable in your own skin. And you don't even have to lose weight to get those good feelings inside. You can get those now at whatever weight you are. And then you may lose weight, you may not, but your, your inner universe is contented and satisfied and happier. Yeah, I very seldom have had the successes that I want in my life coming from a place of punishment. negativity it's really hard to to get the big things done that I want to get done in my life right to to live a life that feels rich and fulfilling and meaningful which I think ultimately is what we want yeah yeah this one thing this key is so important yeah Exactly. And um, we pick a song at the end of this particular podcast to try to embody the spirit of what we're saying. And what we've been talking about in this last part is this idea that it's constant. You know, it takes practice over time. You may, once you learn this tool, be using it the rest of your life. But the result is a more contented, satisfied space to be living in. Uh, But it is, I would say, everyday kind of work, everyday. It's like going to the yoga mat if people, or even runners, every run is different. Your body's different in every run. Like some runs are easier than others. Same with yoga. You show up to the mat differently every day. Same thing with thought work. You show up to the thought work and this tool that we teach differently every day and just learning that that's great. That's great. It's material to work with. Um, so we we chose Every Day is a Winding Road by Cheryl Crow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I think we often want the straight path, but what we get is a winding road, right? Yeah, and to be okay with that. That's okay. So check out, we have all of the studies linked below um, in the show notes. So check if you're fascinated by this topic like we are, make sure and check those out. Um, our program is Beyond Dieting. Our book is Beyond Dieting. And uh, we'll see you in the next podcast. Yes. And we'll I'll also put um, Byron Katie's book link and um, Jill Bolte Taylor's book link down there too. Okay. Hey there. Thank you so much 
for listening. In fact, if this resonated with you and you know someone else who needs to hear this, please share our episodes. We would just love that. We also would love it if you would follow, subscribe, and rate our channel because this lets us know you're actually there and it helps us show up in searches, which would be awesome. Please be a part of our community and mission to help as many women as possible free themselves from diet culture so that they can go beyond dieting.